1: Great, good morning, everyone. 10 09 a.m. here in the great Northeast, this beautiful Monday, December 4th, 2023. This is the Bob Cadaro Show. I am he. It is a big day to fight for America, defend our values, and honor the brave who have made us and kept us free. People like Frank Roman of Hazleton, Jack Swedelson of Greentown, Kenneth Heller of Hunlock Creek, and Dr. Gus Widener of Souderton. And we honor them all today. So with history, our great founding fathers, and the incomparable Constitution of the United States of America as our guides, let us continue today's battle. And yes, you've asked for it. You'll hear it. We bang the Slabjackers gavel to reconvene here. So... I've been watching something that has been below the radar because there's so much going on in Biden's chaos. But the nation of Venezuela and totalitarian nations, uh, when they're in trouble internally, lash out. Now, their neighbor is a country called Guyana. And many of you may not have heard of Guyana except for when Jim Jones made everybody take the Kool-Aid and they all died in Guyana. But Guyana is mineral and oil rich in the segment adjacent, the portion of the property land adjacent to Venezuela. Venezuela, because they are socialist have created all kinds of economic issues for themselves, and they're looking to lash out. And w- the, the, there's a real potential for war to break out there. So yesterday I'm thinking about it, I go, man, we got to touch on this. And who better to help me analyze it than John Perillo on Monday Musings. John, how are you, my friend? I'm
2: good. I think the real reason why. uh, Wait, wait, we've got to let your,
1: we've got to let your theme song play. Oh, don't just, don't just jump in there. (laughs) I mean, we gave you a, we didn't start the fire theme song and and you're jumping on it. Right. I
2: learned that. So, right. so go ahead, John. Thanks, Jim. I really think the reason why Bob sent me on the assignment was because he was sick of hearing me talk about the Middle East for a couple of weeks. But, no, I, um... I,
1: I never tire of that. Unfortunately,
2: <laughs> yeah. But actually, this is a. It was. I honestly hadn't really spent any time thinking about it until Bob mentioned it, and it, it's a. He's absolutely right. This is one of those things that is way below the radar right now, but it's likely to get very important very soon, and. Um, you know, what happened was over the weekend, Venezuela hel- held a referendum on whether to establish this, a new state in this, as Bob described, this disputed oil rich territory that's been long ruled by Guyana. And we don't officially know the results, but we actually do. And I'll get to that later. Um, and as always on Monday musings, we need a little history to understand what's going on. And this is not a new dispute between Venezuela and Guyana. And I want to talk about that and its implications to the United States, because believe it or not, it does have pretty significant implications. So the Venezuela government believes that the Essequibo region belongs to them. And that's because the region was within its boundaries when it was a Spanish colony. So we go all the way yeah. back <laughs> to the Spaniards, right? You know, so when colonization works on your behalf, we, we, we like it. And when it doesn't, it doesn't. But anyway, the Guyanese government goes by an agreement that was made in Paris in 1889 by an arbitration panel that gave the territory to them. And they also have on their side the fact that Venezuela agreed with the ruling that this, that this panel in Paris did in, in 1889 until they changed their mind in 1962. So for the, for, from 1889 to 1962, this has been Guyanese territory. And the Maduro government, as Bob alluded to in Venezuela, now claims that this Esequibo region, the river, which is the eastmost part of the territory, is a natural boundary and should be recognized as that and has been since 1970 1970- – I'm sorry, since 1777, which, yeah, okay, that predates the Paris Agreement, but you know there was this agreement that's post that. And they, they the, the Venezuelans, dismissed the 1889 ruling in Paris, Because during the negotiations, the United States represented Venezuela on the panel because the Venezuelan government had broken off ties with the United Kingdom, which otherwise would have represented it. So I'm sure you guys are getting all this complicated. It's basically complicated. But the bottom line is that the Venezuelan officials believe that the Americans and Europeans conspired to cheat them out of that territory and argue that because there was an agreement in 1966 to resolve the dispute, that means that any agreement prior to that was null and void. And, of course, Guyana uh, maintains that the initial accord is legal and binding. And the bottom line, as always, is that the the real issue that made this more important to both countries is the increase in oil production since about 2015, predominantly by ExxonMobil, but also by the Chinese and other companies that have been operating offshore in that disputed territory. And the Venezuelan government maintains that Guyana doesn't have a right to grant concessions in the maritime seas of Essequibo, which is where the easiest food is to produce because it's offshore. And in any case, they say that they control it. And the, the only international look at this has been the International Court of Justice, and they basically told Venezuela to not take any action, in their words. That would alter the status quo. But it couldn't really specifically ban them from holding the referendum because <clears throat> you know, it's a referendum. It's internal. It really didn't matter. Uh, and there's no way that the court could tell them not to do that. Um, and so the this uh, International Court of Justice said in April that it did, in fact, have jurisdiction over the case, but the final ruling would be years away. And that, of course, upset both sides because no way Venezuela's going to wait for the court, and Guyana isn't going to wait for facts on the ground, if you will, for Venezuela to take it over and then try to dispute it in court. Well, uh, J- so- we're talking
1: with John Perillo, Monday Musings. All right, so, John, table set. There is a real potential for Venezuela to invade. And take this territory by force. Right. And the United States has a grave interest in all of this. It is our hemisphere uh, for sure. And where do we stand with that? And I wanted to do this, ladies and gentlemen, I wanted to do this today so that we were ahead of the curve, not behind it. Because it does look like something like that is gonna happen, an annexation and a military action by Venezuela.
2: Right, and and as Bob alluded to, the referendum, they asked their citizens five questions, and they included asking for an agreement to create a new state in, called Guyana Esqueba, Esca, Esca, and granting population to those people that are there, uh, and incorporating the state into, into Venezuelan territory. And, uh, you know, to understand the referendum, you have to understand how voting works in Venezuela. And there's precisely no campaign against the proposal. I mean, there's, there's, no, there's no opposite side. There's Maduro saying, hey, we want you to vote on whether we annex this territory. Sounds like California. No I'll yeah, well, leave the <laughs> politics to you, right? Um, so, but anybody who likely would oppose Maduro in this would, would probably stay home. So I would gladly bet my entire ranch that the referendum that was held yesterday passes – and I'll give odds to anybody who wants it. And
1: that's saying something reason, because you own a ranch.
2: Because I own a ranch, right? A lot but, of people say like,
1: that, but, uh, but they don't really mean it. Too.
2: Yeah, they don't really mean I'm it. All, yeah, I'm all <laughs> hat no cattle. But, um, but uh, anyway, the, 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 as, the reason why it matters to us is that the territory that's in dispute is a bit larger than, than the country of Greece. It has about two-thirds of the, uh, the territory of Guyana. So it's not like they can just give it away. And it's home to about 125,000 of the 800,000 citizens of Guyana. So it, this is not a minor border issue. That's kind of number one. The second part is that the area itself, even though it's largely tropical forest, it's being mined, as Bob said, for natural and mineral resources. Uh, it, has, it does have reserves of gold, copper, diamonds, iron, aluminum, and other stuff that everybody wants. But what's likely the most important thing to Venezuela is that the region now? We believe has some of the world's largest reserves of crude oil in the world, and just last month, you know, Guyana had announced these significant new oil discovery, and and they added some uh, estimates on the revenue of at least ten, uh, ten billion barrels. And just to give you guys, you know, some idea what that looks like, that's a that's more than the oil reserves of Kuwait or the UAE, United Arab Emirates. With this discovery, if if, if it starts being produced, Guyana would likely surpass the oil production of Venezuela by about 2025. And more importantly than that, even, by some projections, the country is on track to become the world's largest per capita crude producer. So, I mean, that's how much we're talking about. Now, as of now, Exxon and its partners, which include the Hess Group, have been exploring in that area and actually doing some drilling. As has China under their Chinese um, oil company, which is effectively owned by the Chinese national government, and their project. The company about... that the company that bought uh, oil from our
1: oil reserves when Biden released. Yes. It. Yeah. Right. At, at, at cost lower than they could drill <laughs> it for
2: so themselves. By the way. Un- right? it's, it's, so,
1: you, you just <laughs> think of how, when when you tie these things together, you, you want to just uh, wow. You want
2: to jump off a so bridge. She, well, the, policy, the policies to this point have been, I would call, counterproductive to U.S. interests. Let's just say that, right? So, But if, if this were to happen, Guyana would be able to reach about 1.2 million barrels a day of output by 2027, which is not that far in the future. And that would make Guyana into the number one Latin American producer with the exception of Brazil and Mexico. I mean, that, that makes them a very important country. And, you know, I mean, so that's, that's a big issue for, for us in the United States. Well, and, and to Guyana give it further
1: has- context, that is the equivalent of what OPEC Plus has reduced in production. Yeah. Yes. Uh, it, 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 it if the United States and Guyana were producing all out, and by the way, that goes without talking about all the other vast mineral wealth in that country. It right. could change the balance of power in the oil world, in the energy world.
2: Absolutely, that that is Bob is that is exactly the point, right? So historically, we've had very close relationships with Guyana, uh, and then and then even with all that historical relations, what we what we get from the, our National Security Council, John Kirby, is an appeal for a peaceful resolution to the dispute, right? Where, whereas I think. What Bob's alluding to is that we really don't want this oil to be produced by Venezuela or China. We need it to be produced by Guyana, who is an ally of the United States. Right? And, and while Venezuela has a significantly greater military power than Guyana, if Venezuela wants, they can take this territory. But they would likely not be able to stand up to Guyana and its allies, which include the United States, if we decide to get involved. And this is, of course, why it matters to us. Right, the bottom line. I'm sorry, I always take a long time to get to the bottom line, but that's that. If we don't get involved, Venezuela annexes one of the largest oil deposits in the hemisphere. And given the situation in the Middle East, that's not a good thing. Um, but for us to get involved means we have to acknowledge that we need oil. And that's very difficult for this current administration yeah. to do. Right. So you, you, that, that's the, the tension that you're starting to see in our uh, response. <laughs> but, but
1: they, they won't. <laughs> there's a real possibility they won't get involved because they would have to acknowledge we need crude oil, but we just went begging to Venezuela and Saudi Arabia for more crude oil. I, yeah, there, there's not any level of, at which this can make any sense. Uh,
2: our policies. Yeah, I, uh, I tend to agree with you on that one. Um, but Again, for your listeners, I think it's fascinating that Bob's ahead of this. This is this is this is a non-story in the major in the, in the major presses, and it is a but it is a big global story, and you, and if you put this on the scale with what's happening in the Middle East, think of the possibility of an allied nation, and 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 just so you know from a geo, geographical standpoint, if you look at the map of South America, this is on the north coast of South America, so across the Gulf of Mexico, you know you could be pumping that crude directly into refineries yep. in Texas and Louisiana and mississippi you know from a a, a, a add that to our own energy production and the middle east becomes irrelevant
1: and if you've ever been to aruba you're looking at guyana (laughs) yes you're
2: (laughs) looking at guyana but it's a better look but and and guyana is historically an an ally yeah right venezuela has become an adversary there's lots of reasons for us to be supporting guyana here um and and again i don't think the support has to be you know, beyond saying, hey, no, you can't do this, Venezuela. Which probably
1: um, would be enough. But if we don't say it, it won't, nothing will be enough.
2: That, that's probably <laughs> correct. Yeah. Right? And the other thing we need to be doing is we need to be looking at companies like Exxon that make, you know, I know the oil companies get a bad name. But Exxon made, and Hess company, another U.S. company, made huge investments in discovering oil in that region. Um, and they, you know, they they spent lots of money doing that, and and they should be getting a return on that investment because one, it's good for them, and we should reward people who take risks that that yield results. And two, it's good for the United States. I mean, it's, I don't see a downside for us, you know, not so, you know, for us doing what we should rightly do, which is to support Guyana. Well, John
1: Perillo, I'm I'm happy you uh, took this. Uh assignment up. Let's keep monitoring it. Uh Guyana, Venezuela, uh, and the mineral riches of Guyana under threat. Uh Monday musings, always informative, always helpful. And uh we look forward to next week, John Perillo.
2: And thank you to you and your listeners again. I look forward to you sending me down to the beaches so we can view this, you know, like in person.
1: <laughs> Go to Aruba to check it out. <laughs>
2: exactly. All right. All
1: right, my friend, you take care. John Perilla, Monday Musings. We'll be back. The Four Seasons, this date 1965, of the number four hit. Let's hang on. And as I listen to the song, is it appropriate or is it a serendipity, at least? that uh, Joe Nardone from the Gallery of Sound is on the blower to tell us what...
0: His karate lessons might not turn him into a black belt. And even after band camp, he might not be the greatest musician. But with the 3% annual percentage yield you can earn on a PenFed premium online savings account, your goal of supporting his dreams... Thanks for everything, Mom and Dad. ...will always be worth it.
1: he's up to and uh, <laughs> i saw that song joe and i said it's, it's in our music history it was uh number four this date 1965 and you call
4: <laughs> <laughs> well it's uh thanks for the uh invitation and it's great to talk with you again
1: always always well look at you keep bringing great music of that ilk to uh northeast Pennsylvania. And you're up to something now in the holiday season. Tell us what it's all about. Yes, this is
4: a little different. Uh, last April, we had a, a polka dance at Jeanette's, and it was extremely successful. So we thought it would be a nice idea to come and do a Christmas show. It's really a Christmas polka dance show. Wow. And it features Jimmy Sturr, who's got an 18 Grammy Awards. And, and it's going to have dancers polka dancers and it's going to have uh all kind of special effects and and then there's the local band joe stanky and the cadets and and it's just a wonderful wonderful time to uh, to do for the polka field yeah. it's something that we're starting to lose some of our ethnic traditions and and this happened last april and it proved to be very successful and maybe maybe we'll get around to doing an italian night one of these times
1: <laughs> well i'll tell you uh, joe nardone when i started my first radio station old wwax am 750 up in oliphant i brought on uh, somebody i think you knew uh pan and he was my oh, yeah. he was my Sunday morning uh, polka guy. I did it from my grandmother, who's Slovak, and I loved every second of that show. Uh, yeah, I, I'm so happy you've got the polkas going.
4: Well, you know, in in our stores we sell a lot of polka CDs, and there's still a lot of people just love the happy time sound of polka yeah. music, and and it's just wonderful happy music. And, uh, you know, we're hoping that people come out. It's this Saturday at Genetti's, and it's an, it's an early afternoon, 2 o'clock start. It goes to 6 o'clock, and the tickets are $25, and that's reserved. And you get a, a table, a chair, and then there's a big dance floor where if you want to do some folk dancing. And it's just a wonderful, wonderful day just coming up.
1: I, I think that is great, Joe Nardone. Tell now again, Saturday the 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 what, where, when? We already heard about the the great music you're going to have there. It's Saturday two o'clock this
4: Saturday. Yes, in Jannetty's oh. downtown All All right,
1: oh, which is a great venue.
4: Yeah, yeah, and you know they, they putting on these shows. It's a lot of fun. I've been doing them so many years, but you know I just noticed on the news last night where Kiss did their last show in Madison Square Garden, yeah. and it, it brought back some memories. I did them 50 years ago wow. at, the, at the It wasn't the Kirby Center. It was the Paramount. I had Kiss at that show. <laughs> no kidding. Wow. Yes, yes. Yep. They were just starting. As a matter of fact, they weren't even the open the star. They were an opening act. Wow. It was uh, Kiss, Rush, and Blue Oyster Cult, and they were just an, an opener.
1: That's one <laughs> heck of a show.
4: Oh my goodness! Yes, yes. Well, so, I, uh, over the years we've done a lot, a lot of shows. You know, like uh, Billy Joel, I had up in Scranton, and, and this is, only in the beginning of their careers can we yeah. do these kinds of things because now you can't afford anybody.
1: Well, Joan Ardone, only you could go from Kiss to the Polkas, and I, <laughs> I, and only you could make sure it's done well this yeah. Saturday, two yeah. o'clock at Genetti's downtown.
4: Yeah, have your friends come out, Bob, because it's going to be a great day of dancing.
1: Listen, don't hesitate to call back like Thursday to remind us again. There may be some last-minute polka people. We love
4: hearing from you always. I'd be happy to. Thank you very much, Bob, and really thanks for putting on a great show, by the way. You have have a great show there.
1: Thank you so much. Well, Joe Nardone, if I could ever put a show on like you, (laughs) they'd actually pay me. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. Polka Saturday with Joe Nardone. Can't get better than that. We'll talk to you later in the week, my friend. Good deal. Thanks, Bob. Right. Okay. Right. Bye-bye. We'll take a break. Uh, we'll come back with our Veterans Tribute. Jake's going to do the weather before that. It's the Bob Cadaro Show. Our veterans today, Dr. Gus Widener. We lost him October 21st. He was passed away at his home in Soutertown, surrounded by his wife and three children. Born Wilkesbury, drafted in the U.S. Army 1968, Spent fourteen months in country in Vietnam. Awarded the Bronze Star Medal for service. That means he was in action. The mathematics PhD teaching at Notre Dame, among other places. Joined the National Security Agency as a cryptologic mathematician. Worked there for thirty-five years. Survived by his wife. Of nearly 50 years, Rose, three children, six grandchildren, Gus Widener, Kenneth Heller, Hunlock Creek, born Kingston, four years United States Coast Guard. He was a rodeo guy, started competing when he was stationed in Hawaii. He was, loved saddle bronc riding. Kenneth was a truck driver survived by his wife, Susan, Kenneth Heller, Jack Swadelson, Greentown, survived by his wife and best friend, Marlene, proud veteran, served four years United States Air Force on active duty during Korean conflict, awarded the Korean Service Medal with three bronze stars, life member of Jewish War Veterans, Life member also of the Knickerbocker Lodge, Knights of Pythias, New York City. Jack Swedelson, Frank Roman Hazelton, enlisted in the United States Army in 1961, served his country till 1967. Heavy equipment operator for Pagnati Enterprises, among others. His family says he was kind. And selfless, always caring for friends and family. Support of the Wounded Warriors Project, the Paralyzed Veterans of America. Preceded in death by his loving wife, Mary Jean, in 1997. His son survives him. Frank Roman. We lost him October 26th. Our veterans for today. Don't fall asleep now. That's the Letterman. Released their hit single going out of my head. Can't take my eyes off of you. This date, 1967. That's them. Bob Cadaro back. Uh, By the way, our friend uh, Kintner's telling us, don't forget about Red Wallace up at uh, Elk Lake. Remember Bob Stevenson? And then they had a seven-foot kid at the same time, and they had a great point guard. Now, I'll I'll say this, though, Kintner. Here's the thing. Football requires more people. Now, basketball, you get Bob Stevenson on your team, you could compete for a state title, uh, because I think they were only Class A. But you could compete for a state title... With just one great player, like well, somebody as good as Bob Stevenson, of course. Uh, football, you just need a lot more kids. The old story. How do we do it? Volume. But uh, happy to bring up Red Wallace and one of his rivals. I'd never heard of this guy before, but I want to mention it, Cybernoski. Uh-huh. <laughs> so he says, "Put up your dukes, Bob. This is Blitzen. How for how dare you forget the name of my new restaurant? <laughs> I, I I apologize. I called it Blinken, if you guys remember from just an hour or so ago. I, it's a it's embarrassing. It truly is. Uh, it is Blitzen, the pop up Christmas bar on Adams Avenue downtown Scranton. You will. I'm telling you, you're gonna, you'll love it. I think it's open weekends. You know, like. Tuesday, Friday, Saturday, maybe even Wednesday. But, uh, yeah, good stop. Very good stop. Uh, Andrew and Jersey. How are you, Andrew? We only, we only got a couple minutes, my friend, so fire away.
3: I had a Slovak grandmother also and an Italian grandmother. And with Thanksgiving, I always think my Slovak relatives, originally from Lansford, but they moved to Southern California because my uncle was in the military and they lived all over but my cousin came to the Italian Thanksgiving, and he was like three hours into the meal. He's like, so I guess they eat in cycles around here. <laughs> like he was, And my Slovak grandmother, she's like, this is ridiculous. Who's going to eat all this? Andrew, I
1: tried, I tried to do two this year, and I, I actually was physically ill. I tried to do two <laughs> Thanksgiving dinners. Man, I used to be able to mow that down. And but I, and I yeah, like I, by the way I like a truly American Thanksgiving dinner. I don't like when they do the ravioli and all that. It's like no, no. This is an and American he, holiday. Sorry. It was great, and my sisters in he made a
3: manicotti, and I, I'm not a big fan of the ricotta cheese, so I me passed neither. on it. And yeah. he panicked. He's like, "What kind of pasta? You like regular spaghetti?" <laughs> like he was ready to make spaghetti, even though there were <laughs> the anti-pasta. I love the anti-pasta stuff. What I want to say with
1: the um, Slovak anti Yeah, <laughs> anti uh, not anti It sounds like you're <laughs> sounds like you're pasta. against it.
3: <laughs> you're right. I love it. We had green um, anti
1: pasta up at uh, uh, Pietro's uh, last Thursday night. Just reminded me. And uh, I w-
3: was calling about the Keystone Pipeline. Why that should, especially Pennsylvania, an energy producing state, not an oil producing, but just energy in general to block a cleaner fuel of uh, natural gas is um terrible because it's better for the environment to me it's like going to detroit in the 50s or 60s and trying to block the car industry or silicon valley
1: well, one of our great listeners texted and i want to find out exactly who it is so i could give uh, credit that in fact uh i think it was my man mark mayer in fact The Europeans have acknowledged the Europeans of all people that they've acknowledged uh, natural gas as a component of green energy.
3: You're right. I heard the same reports that the EU reclassified natural gas as being not a fossil fuel because it's so clean that they group it with green energy.
1: Well, Andrew, we got to go because it's time for Bloomberg Hard Break. Always a pleasure, my friend. Thanks. You go get that antipasto. (laughs) Antipasto. We'll have it. Time for Bloomberg. We'll be back after that. This date, 1971, Don McLean. Debuted on the single charts with American Pie. Came out of nowhere with literally one of the greatest songs of all time. Mm. Uh, Somebody texted this in. I love you, guy. I'm telling you. That's why I love hanging around with you. Um, <laughs> Kevin says, number one. Well, he always says. <laughs> he says, name just one accomplishment, and then uh, he says, them's fighting words to, to don't forget Blitzen's name again. I I will not. I promise. But, <coughs> excuse me, but somebody texted in that in 1967, this date. And it's not on our history, so I'm so happy you sent it in. A patient by the name of Louis Louis Wachkanski. He was 53, terminal with heart failure. It was the first successful human heart transplant. Dr. Christian Bernard performed it in South Africa, this date, 1967. And that bears discussion and mention. Thank you so much. So that's the deal. All right. Let's go to the phones. Hello? How are you? Oh, pretty good. Uh, I don't oh, John. I'm...
5: How are you, John? Pretty good, Bob. I was recently reading uh, that the uh, opioid thing and the uh, bankruptcy and uh, the uh, settlements and all that. Yes. They, pretty, they, they said that there's been 500,000 deaths in the last 20 years. Sounds pretty bad, right? Yes. Comes out to six, uh, six, six and a quarter people die each day in each state. That's it. 300 people a day or 300 people a day die in the country. And if you break it down by states, it comes to like six people a day die. Now, I don't know. I'm, I'm not like brilliant or anything, but doesn't seem like a ton of people, and they're leaving people suffering. It may be less they...
1: people than died of the COVID vaccine.
5: Tons less. Yeah. I mean, it's six people a day in the state of Pennsylvania. That's nothing. Yeah. That's absolutely nothing. So they're taking all these people's money, and they they said what they're going to do is the uh, Stadler family or whatever, they're going to uh, – Sackler. They're gonna use, yeah. use whatever money they get and they're gonna turn it over to uh uh community service or community programs and that. So what incentive are they gonna to have to make to, ha- to make those uh pain relieving drugs? None. Uh, That's gonna leave people out there going for fentanyl or whatever they can because six people a day die in Pennsylvania. It's you know. I, I don't know what to think. I, well, we're we're I think clearly stop thinking.
1: <laughs> we're John. We're clearly over litigious in this country. Oh, uh it's I, I, I I'm I'm of two minds on this though, which I think you are too. Uh, yeah. If it, you know if it happened closer to me, I may have a different feel. I haven't followed it that closely. Like, did they know the lethality potential? of this drug, but a lot of it was not necessarily the fault of the companies. It was the fault of prescribing doctors and the illegal distribution of this medication. I I don't know how that falls on the Sackler family or anybody
5: who produced opioids. Years ago, they would give babies uh, paragoric. They did thalidomide. They used to give people morphine. They had cocaine all over the place. I mean, come on.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Well, you're taking a hard line today, John. You're taking a hard (laughs) line today. I will say this. I I am so comfortable with the majority on the current Supreme Court that whatever they decide uh, in the case they're hearing today uh, will be sufficient for me to believe that justice was done. If they if uh, they hold if they hold what has gone before and these no. massive settlements, if they do that, fine. Uh no. but, but it's like the cigarette thing bothered me more than anything.
5: No. I mean, I, you, I I think
1: be, just, people knew but, cigarettes
5: were bad for them forever. No. Yeah, well, used <laughs> to be medicinal, but I I think if they if they if they continue to at least make something to help people ease their uh, suffering through pain, I, I think that's the they, they should do that. I hope they do it, but you never know. You they can't know? throw. You,
1: they are trying to throw the baby out with the bathwater here. Yeah, uh, a, a a a drug when properly used, which has had incredible benefits. Yeah. to society, uh, uh, but which has think, been Bob, abused, as, as all medications generally are.
5: Uh, Bob, I also think that a lot of these victims may have been weak-minded people who, had it not been for this particular distraction, maybe they'd be walking into buses or trucks or something and getting killed. Who knows? You know? Somebody, These somebody, weren't the strongest minded. Somebody uh, yeah. te-
1: texted in, John. They said, if you want a good grasp on the opioid e- epidemic, watch the movie Dope Sick. It's with uh, Michael Keaton. I believe it's uh, on one of the pay channels.
5: I, I watched a little. It was-, it
1: was boring. Oh, you saw it? Okay. I-
5: uh, not the whole thing. But I- it was about the boring. Sackler family. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Well, who cares who makes money? I could <laughs> care less. I, I are suffering. That's actually <laughs> the point,
1: is to make money. <laughs> yeah. But Everything, it it's normally to make money. <laughs> when, when we look back at it, John, it is almost always a failure of government that yeah. allows this kind of thing to happen. Uh the companies are required to yeah. alert on the sale of certain types of controlled medications, including opioids. Yeah. And but, then hey, the FDA is supposed to do something about it,
5: and they didn't. Everybody makes money, or is out to make money. That's yeah. a, Nobody's out to lose money that I know of.
1: Well, that's what makes it happen. That's what makes the whole world yeah. go around so, here. Hey, so you,
5: know, you can't say, oh, well, they made money. So yeah. they're no good. Hey,
1: <laughs> more
5: power <laughs> to them.
1: All right. John, we got to go for the news, but always a right. pleasure to hear from you. All right. All right, my friend. We'll take this break. News time. We'll be back with the third hour of the Lollapalooza after this.
0: His karate lessons might not turn him into a black belt. hi And even after band camp, he might not be the greatest musician. But with the 3% annual percentage yield you can earn on a PenFed premium online savings account, your goal of supporting his dreams... Thanks for everything, Mom and Dad. ...will always be worth it.